if you can figure out what your plot is and if you can figure out how roughly it's going to be mapped across your manuscript as a whole, how it's going to start, how it's going to develop, how it's going to reach its climax. And just so we're clear, we're going to talk about all of those things over this week. But for now, to start, if you can do those things, if you can get that information sorted out, you can figure out more or less the structure of your story. Plot is a skeleton. Plot is specifically the vertebra. We've talked about this before. And one point I want to talk about here, since we've already talked about it being too simple or too complicated and what to do, is the point or points where your main plot, in progress or just starting, intersects with and smashes into and car crashes into your main character. Now, there are generally three schools of thought when this comes up in conversation, and today I want to cover those three schools of thought, their pluses and their minuses. First school of thought, your character is the one who directly does the plot, starts the plot, and deals with the plot. You see this in something like detective fiction, where your detective is introduced to the crime or uncovers the crime and goes about their business doing whatever they're doing to resolve the issue. This model of, hey, I'm the protagonist and I've either you know, been brought to or stumbled into the crime really gives us a chance to maximize character agency because we get to see the detective doing the detecting and doing the other stuff that allows the story to unfold based on the character succeeding, based on the character learning stuff and doing stuff. The character drives the car, so to speak, in terms of moving the story along. This isn't limited to crime fiction. It's just that crime fiction was the first example that popped in my head. You can also see this in some fantasy stories where your character, you know, decides to come in from the forest and assume the leadership role they were supposed to have assumed, and now they're bearing the mantle of responsibility. Really what this does is put the character first and foremost and puts a priority on their agency so that the plot advances as the character develops whatever skill set or answers whatever challenges they need to. This makes it a really effective way of shaping your character arc because your character arc pretty much mirrors to some degree your plot progression. As the story gets more intense, the character is more challenged, and generally that challenge is a character arc in and of itself. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a bad system. It's not juvenile. It's not underplaying or undervaluing anything. It's just one of the three ways to do things. Let's take a look at another way, though. Having the plot thrust upon the character, having the plot sort of dropped in the character's lap, whether it's a character saying, yeah, I'll walk across this continent and chuck a ring into a volcano, or whether it's a matter of some secondary character, maybe an authority figure, dumping the plot on the character and saying, hey, do this, deal with this, whether that's an accidental thing or an intentional thing, like uh, a character discovering a letter mixed in with their mail and then it being sort of the thread they pull that unravels a massive conspiracy. Any instance like this, where your character 
isn't directly instigating the plot, but still has to deal with the plot, gives the reader a chance to learn more about the plot and learn more about the character with a somewhat mysterious element. Because if the character is just sort of tumbling into this adventure, and this can be anything from mistaken identity to... I'm only, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here today to any situation where the character is not directly aware of and active in the progression of the story. Anything like that gives it a sense of the unknown that the character has to sort of discover and the reader discovers it along with them. This is great for mitigating tension. This is great for ratcheting up tension. This is great for when maybe the plot's not hyper-detailed, so you want to kind of disguise some of its simplicity with the, the unknownness, the question mark element of the story. However, this is a plot structure with a weakness, whereas the plot structure, the, the weakness of the plot structure when the character uh, instigates the plot and deals with the plot directly is that the story can feel very limited, very boxed in. Here you get a sense that the story feels kind of rambly, you get a, a real sense that, well, if we're trying to discover what the story is and the character and the reader are along for the ride, here, since we don't really know things sometimes, we, we, we get a moment to catch our breath. We're kind of waiting for that action beat or that next sort of external catalyst to move the story forward. We, we solve a few plot issues. We sit down on the couch with the character. <sighs> we take a deep breath, and then two guys walk in the door with guns, and the story picks right back up. You're always sort of waiting for that external thing to come along. And Oh, stories, it's story time again. It's like coming back from a commercial break. Oh, it's time for more story, and then you pick up and move forward. It's not necessarily wrong, but it can be, it can be a real pain in the ass. And it can be something where the story has like these stops and starts where we're going along and then there's a, a lull and then it picks back up and then it lulls and then we pick back up over and over and over again. It's not a bad choice, but it is a different choice and a choice you definitely need to be aware of when it comes to those lulls. Here's the third and trickiest sort of flavor of these three plot interactions with character. And that's where the plot is perpendicular or at odds with the character. To do this first and foremost and well, you need to know what the character arc is. Not just what the character's actions are, but how this character is going to grow and transform over the course of the story. And you need to set that character on that path before the plot sort of really is even introduced and or gets moving. So let's suppose you have a character who's trying really hard to be a better person, be a better parent, reconcile with a partner, raise their kids, show up for something when they've historically been late, something like that. We set that into motion before the plot. So that we give the reader a sense of, hey, here's this underlying tension, here's this underlying or overarching, depending on how we frame it, event. This is what you need to know before anything else kicks off. And then the plot comes in, whatever the plot is, whether it's a busy day at work or a, or a series of unfortunate events or just a whole stream of who knows what. And what happens is you're setting the character arc up to have tension with the plot. They're no longer concurrent the way they were previously. Now they're at odds. Now it's the idea of how are we going to resolve this character issue when all this plot stuff is happening? And it gives us a chance to really root for the character, depending on the situation you've crafted. Because if our character is just trying to be, you know, just trying to get home and reconcile with their spouse after a fight, 
then we're rooting for them to come back home. We're rooting for them to go through a day and come home and sort things out. We want to see them do well. But then as we watch the day kind of just spool and, and run amok and go wild, we see that it's going to be really hard to do this. We're definitely rooting more for the character to sort of do well. This allows the readership to bond with the character in a way independent of what the plot is because the character arc takes priority. Nothing wrong with this. However, the big weakness is that it might distract or soften the plot. The plot feels a little less central. The plot feels a little dim under the spotlight. It's not the biggest deal. It's more about the character. It becomes more about character drama or character study. And the plot can feel anywhere from too loose, too disjointed, too chaotic, even rigid compared to the character arc because ultimately it comes down to when are we going to resolve the character arc? How are we going to connect with this character? Are any of these three things better than others? No, it's not really a priority thing like you have to do this kind of story this way. That's that's not really how this works, not at all. The, the more critical issue is how you get the character to intersect with the plot. Are they doing it willingly? Are they doing it because somebody else told them to? Or are they, you know, sort of at odds with it and just trying to get through? Yeah, there's a fourth model where the character tries to ignore the plot, but the plot keeps pulling them back in. However, this model is sort of out of fashion right now, mainly because what happened was people had a plot and the character never really engaged with it, so the story just felt very sluggish and underdeveloped and it led to these big giant epics you know epic romance epic western epic sci-fi epic fantasy where the plot was itself essentially small and simple but the character and the world building became these sort of overblown hyperinflated monoliths and it, it fell out of favor because who wants to publish a 700,000 word romance novel set in the American West when it's 10 million characters and and most of the plots are depressing so that thankfully has fallen out of favor and these are your three flavors of plot to sort of chew on when it comes to smacking your character around with the plot or hitting your plot with some characters take a look at that today take a look at the story you're trying to tell figure out which of those three best fit how you're wanting to go and what you're doing and i'll talk to you tomorrow